0: Hello and welcome back to Cooking the Books with me, Julie Smith, the podcast which takes us through four food moments from the books of our favourite food writers. It's about life through the prism of food. And this month, we're talking about how to live, be and do better. And I'm with Gemma Ogston to talk about how to
1: get well enough to be your best self. You know, when you're feeling unwell or depressed... It does make you feel better, and often that's the first thing that goes, I think, when you're feeling low or unwell. You haven't got the energy, you don't feel like you're worth it. You know, there's lots of reasons, but getting up, and even if it is only a simple bowl of pasta, you know, that means you've done something for yourself that day. Her second book, The Healing Cookbook, has catapulted her onto Saturday Kitchen
0: and this morning with its immunity-boosting shots and medicinal mushrooms to help us recover, replenish, stay well, and supercharge our everyday lives. I asked her how she was feeling about that new year, new you narrative this January.
1: Do you know what? This year, actually, I'm just kind of really wanting to start the new year slowly. I mean, I'm I'm not one for drastic, you know, changes. Like, I'm not really into dry January. I I, I mean, I'm not drinking much, but I'm still might have the odd glass of wine. I I just feel like doing drastic things isn't necessarily the best way to implement change because often well with me if I cut something out completely then I just relapse immediately you know like if I stop eating carbs I'll just walk past a bakery and want to eat all the bread so this year in particular I'm just taking my time and doing things slowly which I think works best I do too. I am into the
0: new you, new you thing in that I get a rush of energy. I spend a lot of time thinking about how I want to use my health, my, you know, age, my wisdom. And health is the foundation, isn't it? You know, we're extraordinarily lucky, you and I, in that we've got a nice warm place to yeah. live. And therefore, we could do good things in the world. But you have to be well enough Absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. That is the core of uh, of everything you do, isn't it? That's how I read your book. I mean, last
1: night actually was amazing. I did a, um, an immune-boosting nighttime retreat at the Beach Box Sauna. I saw. It was really interesting because there were so many different people there. There was a guy in his 70s. His daughter had bought him because he had been unwell. Then there was, you know, young people, a mixture of all ages, you know, men, women. And, you know, everyone was there because they are in that same headspace of kind of wanting to improve their health, but also realising that it's not just about what you eat, what you do. It's also about who you spend your time with. You know, community, that community vibe is so important as well. I think it's like holistically, it's everything, isn't it? I mean, food is so important, obviously, whole foods and plants and, you know, eating all those great things for your gut health. But I think it's more than that as well. And I think in the book, that's what I'm trying to you know talk about that it's not just one thing it's it's a collection of things that make you feel well and make you feel happy yeah. you know I mean it's probably holistic
0: and th- and that's the point and you draw upon you know really ancient skills not just granny skills but ancient skills like Ayurveda and yogic breathing yeah. and ancient secrets and all that kind of stuff and I love that it's all come together
1: um did you make the immunity shot I today did
0: also? I did Oh, which one did you I make did the apple cider vinegar and the uh with the I used honey instead of maple syrup because I've run out of maple syrup yeah. but that's all but fun. honey's great yeah, absolutely yeah. organic honey um, I would normally have local honey, but um, obviously we've run out because the, the bees yeah. in the summer we had a bit of an issue around here. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I love all that sort of stuff, and I've I've have mm. got my little kimchi in the making in the fridge. I've I've done quite a few Amazing. things from, from your book actually, and I had some people over yesterday, and I did the a riff on the sweet potato and the black beans. I did butternut squash and butter beans um oh but i did that lovely tomato thing my husband doesn't quite understand about local seasonal so he bought some um cherry tomatoes um so i used your lovely little um lime juice and sugar oh they're um, like salsa that
1: was yeah, so good and
0: it so pretty on, on the plate as well so i'm i'm big into all of this oh stuff. amazing but but I also, you know, kind of really sort of love the fact that you come with a story. You know, I used to be a TV producer, and I've written a lot about TV chefs. And I had I been a producer now, I would have absolutely gone get her in. She looks cool. She's got the tattoos. She's got the granny skill meets the kind of the new wave. But the the thing I love about you is that you do come from a place of resilience through illness. You had anorexia, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that journey, how you came to health through ill health.
1: I mean, that that was when I was my daughter's age at the moment, actually. And, you know, the the scary thing is that, you know, eating disorders are so prevalent now, even more so, actually, because since, I mean, since lockdown, I think they they've yeah they've increased so much and it's it's such a shame because we know so much more don't we but it's still such an issue with young people not just girls boys as well yeah I I got really ill I just you know when I was 13 just stopped eating basically and it was it was a it was probably not until I was in my late teens really that I even started kind of putting on weight Um, it was when I got a bit older, I left school, I went to college and I guess I got a bit of independence and really kind of found, um, my own group of friends and I guess my own identity, um, started partying a lot, which weirdly helped actually. It kind of definitely helped me recover because I suddenly felt like a part of something and I had a a great group of friends and, you know, unfortunately I then went and partied too much, which didn't, you know, had its own issues. But, I think that kind of sense of being being a part of something definitely helped me recover with that. And yeah, I mean, food has always been such a big part of my life, even when it was like a negative, I guess it was negative, then it was still really, really the main thing that I thought about, you know, obsessing over cookbooks and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to a lot of um,
0: female chefs mainly about anorexia, but there are a lot. Emily Scott, for example, Ravinda Bogle, um, uh, Claire Finney, I think there were three in a month. I didn't realise shared this story.
1: It's a very common story that I have sort of discovered just meeting chefs and especially like in the wellness world, you know, like yoga retreats. And when I've gone and cooked, uh, yeah, places, a lot of the chefs that I work with have, have a really similar story, actually, which is so interesting. And then kind of wanting to cook this food that that feels so nurturing and healing. And, you know, it's it's like a full circle, really. Maybe that's what we needed to begin with. You know? Yeah,
0: but you did have it to begin with. You were the youngest of five children, weren't you? I was the
1: youngest of five, five kids. My dad was very unwell with mental health issues when we were growing up, so he was in and out of hospital, wasn't around really. Um, my mum was in us and was always working. Always. She worked at a special care baby unit, so she was always doing nights and we were very much kind of left on our own a lot. Um, and we had a jobs rotor. We've still got it somewhere, actually. Um, my brother... Yeah, he was the eldest um, and we all had to do jobs and they were like, obviously cooking the dinner, Hall Stairs and Landing, which was Hoover Hall Stairs and Landing because we lived in this big house. Um, the like the clean washing had to be put away, the pat lunches. So there were all all these jobs that had to be done every day and I was the only one that really liked the cooking. So I used to swap my cleaning jobs for the cooking because everyone else hated cooking and I used to make such a terrible mess and my big sister was kind of the... In fact, she's still obsessed with cleaning. It's really funny. She's got um, OCD around cleaning. But, yeah, we just had to get on with it. And that's why I really liked to cook. And I used to make my recipes up and pretend I was on a TV show. And, you know, it was great. And that's why I kind of started to cook. And there was always lots of people over at our house. We had the sort of house where anyone could come over. And mum always used to... She was often around at the weekends. And she always used to make a big pot of soup. Um on a Saturday and all our mates used to come and have, you know, we'd turn up at one o'clock, have some soup and then go back out to play. So I am very grateful for those lessons that I learned actually at a young age. But it's very interesting
0: because there are two things that kind of jump out at me there there's there's resilient skills there is making good out of a difficult situation but there's also control you know you're controlling a situation uh that is is hard around mm. food and anorexia is very much about control it's not really about losing weight is it, it never is. No. it's always about controlling a situation absolutely and and very often the people who i've talked to are able to control the disease through controlling what they're cooking by really going deep into the thing. Yeah. You went deep into healing rather than food itself. You know, when you went to Barcelona, you, you, you were working with DJs who were ill because they were traveling so much. They partying. were partying so much. They were eating the rubbish food. and And you went in and you controlled that situation and made a business out of it. By healing there's a difference isn't there yeah what's that for you uh, wh- wh- what's the controlling element for you
1: i just i mean i'm I'm such a sort of feeder like i I love looking after people you know i I was worked as a counselor before going to Barcelona I was an addiction counselor. I just think it comes sort of naturally maybe it's being gro- growing up in a big family where you'll have to watch out for each other, but it just is that sort of nurturing thing that I I don't know. I I always want to look after people, and the only way that I can think is, you know, oh, I'll make you a bowl of soup because that's that's how I was brought up. If we were poorly, my mum would make a soup or something healing. But yeah, it's really interesting, actually, the way that you just put that. I didn't even really think of it like that. I thought I was just always cooking, but I've realised as well. I've learned over through being unwell, and and then I had a period of desperately trying to have a baby. I I had lots of miscarriages and that was a really hard time. And you had five late miscarriages. Yeah, we went on and on and it was really horrible, desperate time. And that's when I really kind of reached out to learning more about foods that heal. And also, you know, acupuncture, yoga, I was doing everything that you could possibly think of. And it kind of made me feel like that was the only control that I had over the situation because I didn't have any other control over any of it and it did make me feel sort of empowered so that I could support my mental health in some little way and um that's I guess when I really realized there was a connection between what I ate and how I felt so if I ate well my anxiety levels would definitely be less you know and I likewise if I ate a load of sugar and crap food I would feel down and
0: low you know yeah. Absolutely. I mean, presumably a lot of that was happening uh, during the 2010s, wasn't it? The sort of clean eating phase that came out of San Francisco. Yeah. You know, I was out in um, San Francisco in 2016 uh, for the Delicious podcast. and Oh, wow. I was doing a thing about clean eating there that was led by the male surfing community. And that was really interesting because they were picking up a lot of bugs from surfing in the ocean and yeah. creating a whole movement around gut health um, yeah it was all the good stuff kimchi fermented foods uh, local honeys local yogurts you know local seasonal food all of which was absolutely brilliant. But it got a hammering Mm. in the press, didn't it, clean eating?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do hate that sort of language around food, although what it's talking about is great. But I think just in terms of sort of even going back to like eating disorders and, you know, those those phrases, clean eating, cheat day, they're not helpful to anybody. I think just language around food is so important, you know. um, I mean, it's the judgment term, isn't it? Clean
0: as opposed to what? Yeah. Um, I mean, I prefer the sort of the holistic, mentality of it but the point is that there has been this movement you know it's anti the industrialization of food it's anti-processed yeah. food. it's anti-polluted seas it's anti you know the way that we live to reach back into something that we've always known fermented food is better for the gut gut health is massive now
1: absolutely how do we forget about that? You know, it's crazy. But yet our it? grandparents would have been, you know, drinking apple cider vinegar and and making pickles and doing it. Was. So we're just kind of going back full circle. It's it's a, you know, it's a more sustainable way to eat as well. You know, use up your leftover veg and make a pickle or a chutney or something. But I think we're,
0: well, exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's obviously a huge trend now, which is, it's like the mushroom thing. You know, I was talking about my, you know, I love mushrooms and What's going on about them, but, um, that's become when something becomes a like a trend, you know it just goes wild, doesn't it, in the press, and everywhere you yeah. see mushrooms yeah. and it's all people are talking about and um even though that's been around for a long time, you know it's interesting. Well, it is. And I wanted
0: to ask you particularly the two sort of takeouts, the new things, if you like, um, for the the kind of the wider community uh, from your book are the medicinal mushrooms and the seaweed, Um, neither of which you've chosen for your food moment. So
1: before we go into your food. Oh, yeah, I didn't there's so many i could have just oh, do no, you, you, know, you choose? <laughs> but let's talk about
0: that for a minute you got into taking medicinal mushrooms
1: um chaga lion's mane tremella yeah tremella's is amazing one which often people haven't heard of but it's great for your skin and and it's it's an ingredient that you'll find if anyone takes like plant-based collagen um you'll see it in that because it's so good for skin and hair it's great for kind of that giving you that like skin glow back it's great. I and my daughter takes actually. She's a teenager. When she gets, you know, hormonal spots, and it's really she has it. She'll have it every day in a smoothie. I know it's interesting
0: because you you talk about taking it, you know, I I do foraging stuff around here because we live in the countryside. Oh, I know. Amazing mushrooms. Well, you've been to my house, of course. Yeah, Yeah, your house is amazing. And what you're talking about is supplements, which I've always felt I really, really want everything in my food. Yeah. Obviously with medicinal mushrooms, you do buy them from the organic supermarkets, which immediately sort of puts it into a different kind of philosophy of eating. I mean, how do you feel about talking about food as supplements
1: i mean i i have definitely felt so many health benefits from using medicinal mushrooms that i feel that it's something that i want to talk about because it's i mean i first came across chaga which is a a mushroom that kind of it looks like a bit of bark really it's you know it's and you make it into a broth um about six years ago when i was in ibiza working with an amazing plant-based chef who is still a friend of mine and she introduced me to medicinal mushrooms so i started playing around with chaga and then um you know I'd make a broth but you have to boil it for like five hours um you know so it's kind of time consuming but obviously you can get the chaga and powder form or tincture form and it's just so good I mean I'm I'm just not as unwell I'm unwell a lot less than I used to be I mean I, I can't say it's because of the chaga I'm not making health claims but from my experience and from my you know that's all I can really put my finger on really and then I you know obviously started finding out more about medicinal mushrooms but i do think it's not something that i would take all the time like at the moment we're going everyone is unwell aren't they like there's so much flu and viruses going around so normally i would take chaga daily like at this time of year and i'll give it to my kids but i wouldn't take it daily all all year round um lion's mane obviously is there's lots of research now saying that it helps cognitive you know health so around dementia parkinson's adhd you know there's 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 research out showing that it actually does improve your brain health so yeah i i when i wrote my book i took a lion's mane every day because it really does help with i mean whether whether it's the placebo effect or it's actually working i don't know but it definitely feels like it's working for me um so i don't take all of the mushrooms every day i might just dip into them reishi is an amazing Um, mushroom helps calm your nervous system, it helps with sleep. So if I'm struggling with sleep, I'll just take that, you know, so I, I kind of pick and choose really, like I would with any supplement, you know, taking vitamin D in the winter is good. We know that, you know, there's, there's, when you live in, in our country, and there's not that much sunshine, you know, you, you need to take that, it will help. So it's, I'll just, yeah, I dip in and out of supplements, but I do I do take them i do take amigas you know and they they definitely help and seaweed do you take it as a supplement or do you go down to the beach i well i just get like i'll get cornish seaweed um i'll buy different types of seaweed but i put seaweed in soups and stocks you know um, for flavor as well you know i made a soup last night uh like a uh, i call it my flu buster soup and i made the veggie stock and i just put a load of seaweed in it so then you're getting the nutrients from the seaweed um not necessarily for the taste, just for the goodness. Um, and I'll put a little bit of seaweed in, yeah, in a stew or something, just to kind of add add goodness where yeah I can and and hide it from my children. <laughs> and I suppose that's the key. I mean, you know, mothers have always
0: been hiding vegetables and good things in soups and casseroles for their kids, haven't they? Yeah, um, absolutely. It is about knowing what to put in so that you get that fantastic boost and just doing it all the time. So yeah, it's not faddy. It's not a January thing. It's an always thing. And it's about rethinking the way that you actually feed people
1: yeah and sea moss which is an algae which is really popular I talk about it in my book is amazing for your gut health it's um it's from like the Caribbean and then they they bring it over here and they make it into a gel and it's becoming really popular and it's so good for your gut health so good for your skin so it's definitely worth looking into yeah
0: Let's talk about some of your food moments. You, you start with the roasted collie tacos. Yeah, you know I love what reading cookbooks. They are such a fantastic snapshot of the way that we live. So Mexican tacos and Korean slaw with cauliflower.
1: Yeah, sounds like a bit of a mishmash, really, doesn't it? When you say it like that, <laughs> I love cauliflower, but I, I think we all got a bit bored of cauliflower as well, didn't we? Being plant based, it was a bit over overused. But what I like about this is it's just. I mean, it's a great it's a great thing to use in tacos because it's like bite size and it's spicy and then the slaw is just the best slaw recipe ever with the sesame and the kind of the sweetness um and then the mango salsa or you can do it with pineapple as well it's just great they just look so lovely and i love the idea of being around a table and everyone digging in and loads of noise and it all being chaotic and messy and everyone having fun and that's my idea of of the best dinner you know that's how I grew up with lots of in, in our family because where there were so many of us there would always be like a drama at the dinner table my mum actually when I was like pre-teen I was a joker of the family my mum always used to send me outside to the garden because I wouldn't I everyone would just be in stitches because I would be telling jokes and my mum could never keep a straight face and she used to send me outside to the garden I'd be making everyone laugh from the window it was always hilarious but i just i just think food is there to be enjoyed and be messy and be colorful and it's just an interesting way of serving up
0: what we know. Cauliflower is one of the cheapest, most nutritious vegetables. It's right in season right now and putting it into a tacker, which you can make. Uh, you'd have to, you know, go to buy a processed one. Um, you can make them really, really easily as well. It's just a different way and it just makes life a little bit more interesting. Same with soup and you do a lot of soups and this is your yeah. second. Um, food moment this is absolutely a mix of granny skills you know resilience skills ayurveda and this kind of new idea that we are really only beginning to understand now about the need for anti-inflammatories yeah in everything that we eat this is the flu buster soup
1: yeah i made this soup last night and it was so amazing we were it was obviously freezing last night you know it'd been snowing all day and we everyone had done saunas and ice baths and then we sat around the fire and i i warmed it up on the on the campfire and it's just so grounding this soup it just kind of you know I know something about eating outside as well it's like my most favorite thing but it's it just is a hug in a bowl and it just makes you feel so I don't know satisfied but yet the ingredients are so basic you know and this soup is so nice because it's got lemons like the juice of fresh lemons in it so it's quite I don't know it's got a bit of sharpness but yeah, it's a great recipe and it just brings it back to basics, really, which I think with food, it doesn't need to be complicated. Well, you can put anything
0: in it, presumably. It's the, you know, classic sort of sofrito start, celery, carrot, onions, yeah. garlic. Um, Absolutely. You've got potato in there and bay leaf and frozen peas and fresh parsley and all sorts of stuff. But it's the olive oil, turmeric and
1: ginger, I
0: presume, that are the the anti-inflammatories, yeah?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this time of year is just perfect because even if you haven't got a cold, you probably there's probably one around the corner, so it just keeps, yeah, keeps everything, you know, yeah. fired up yeah. and ready to fight anything that's coming. I've sent
0: screenshots from your book of your daily booster shots and immunity dressings um uh to so many of my friends and to both my daughters oh
1: have you thank you your
0: third food moment is daily booster shots um you say that you swapped your tequila shots
1: for your daily booster shots yeah and it's changed your life tell us how I did. I love them. But I love the whole ritual of doing a shot as well. I think it's really fun. I think it's a good good way to get your kids kind of doing something healthy because it is a fun thing to do. But often, you know, um people think they're really complicated and you need a juicer, but you don't. You really don't. You can do like the one that you made this morning with the apple cider vinegar, um, if you're using that with the mother, then you know, it's just so good for you. You know, just even a bit of warm water and cinnamon, it's simple but it's it's great. And um, the mother is the gunk at the bottom of the bottle. Mm. Yeah, the mother is the bit that looks disgusting, but that's the good bit. That's what's full of all the good bacteria. Um, But yeah, you know, and just playing around with your own flavours. Like I love putting cayenne in my shots because it's really gives you such a, like a hit. Um... But yeah, it's not complicated. It's something that you can do for yourself and it's it's great. You just, just make a batch up on, on a Sunday and, you know, have a shot in the morning and it just makes you feel alive. Yeah, and anything that makes you feel like you've got a wasp in your mouth, that's good. Bitter is good, it's
0: anti-inflammatory. Absolutely. And I saw you making this on This Morning. Yeah. It's so great, you know, TV chefs, I've I've written loads and loads about how TV chefs taught Britain to eat. And, you know, in many ways we've got this very sort of unstable culture, which means that we can just absorb influences from wherever in the world without anybody getting too cross. So something like this, you can talk about on This Morning. Yeah, Tell me what happens in the production meetings
1: before you go on they they love the idea of uh we we called it like mood boost monday and they love the idea of just giving someone something different to think about to kind of change things up on a monday and show people how simple and also you know how low cost because a lot of my recipes are low cost because that's how i grew up with not much money and so they're just naturally low cost you know um so I think kind of spreading the message they're they're
0: only low cost if you get your pantry sorted yeah and you know it's really important you've put it in the front of your book what you need to do and there is an outlay yeah I think that you know have these conversations all the time you don't just have apple cider vinegar in your pantry no
1: no of course not but things like um, the recipe that I cooked on this morning was a—it uh, was like a, a bean pie or something—and that that was all stock up. Of course, so I'm talking about the shots. Yeah, the shots. Yeah, but you're right. And actually, apple cider vinegar with the mother I went was in at Infinity the other day, and it was it, w- it was like I don't know three quid or so. It wasn't ridiculously expensive, but you are right. You do have to kind of do that little extra cost. But I think also just showing people that it—you know—they are accessible that you can make them it's not something that's complicated and I think it just gets people thinking differently um thinking you know oh, I could do that or yeah and people don't want to be ill do they people are sick of being unwell after after kind of covid I think it's made people want to empower themselves to know how to keep themselves well
0: absolutely i think a mix of the kind of italian cucina povera and what you're talking about would be brilliant so make your own as the italians would have done it all comes from those resilient skills come from poverty from hard times and so you make your own apple cider vinegar by you know fermenting your your apples um Mm.
1: you know keep them in vats um
0: that's your next book how to do it yeah oh my
1: goodness can you imagine vats of mouldy apples all over my house. My kids would never talk to me. There's a title, vats of mouldy apples. Um, (laughs) One of the things that I come across
0: all the time are the kind of the 30-somethings who are burnt out. You know, your fourth food moment is absolutely perfect for them, brown butter pasta and crispy sage, but only after the daily booster shots. You know, you are amongst that sort of generation of people who were just burning the candle at yeah. both ends and finding your way to health through ill health. It's really interesting. Tell me about the comfort food in that relationship with healing yourself.
1: I mean, oh, this dish, this this, just so simple pasta, a little bit of butter and, um, you know, crispy sage. It's just my ultimate. It's so simple. And I really go for those simple comfort Dishes, recipes. When I've, when I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling tired, but what? A because you haven't got the energy to kind of think of making something dramatic. But it just kind of brings you back to like, or brings me back to childhood. Brings me back to teens. Actually, that that kind of making just a bowl of pasta because you can't be bothered to make anything else. You know, when you're feeling unwell or depressed. It does make you feel better, and often people that's the first thing that goes I think when you're feeling low or unwell. you just don't want it you can't be bothered not you can't be bothered to cook you don't feel you haven't got the energy you haven't got the you don't feel like you're worth it you know there's lots of reasons but 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 kind of getting up and even if it is only a simple bowl of pasta you know, that means you've done something for yourself that day. I make this a lot when we're abroad because, you know, obviously if you're abroad and, you know, just the olive oil and the sage, it just tastes so much better. So it can actually be very luxurious, this dish, even though it's so simple. Well, I did it last night with mushrooms. Oh, yum, Mushroom. yum. Yeah, real mushrooms yeah.
0: Um, and spaghetti. And it was absolutely delightful. I think the book is really about that sort of journey from recovery to replenish. I mean, you use these as your chapter titles. Yeah. Um, you you start from a position of being burnt out ill you replenish you fill yourself with goodness and then you stay well and those are the three kind of moments through that journey to the supercharge so we've talked a lot about the the boosters and the the great food that all comes in the supercharge really yeah for me you know it's staying well and that goes full circle to what we were talking about For me, the mission is about being healthy enough, optimising your situation to be able to do the things that we all need to do in the world. Everyday activists start with being healthy. What's 2024 about for you?
1: Um, I Yeah, I mean, for me, I I was so busy in 2023, actually. I'm really kind of taking a little bit of time to just be at home at the moment as well with the kids. I had lots going on at home and uh, lost my mother-in-law just before Christmas. So I'm actually kind of like rooting down and just being at home mum, you know, making sure everyone's OK after a difficult few months. Um, so starting with, yeah, healing my family and myself. For me, it's not about doing anything, it's about kind of constantly you know being in that like supercharge all the time just really taking care of yourself because if you don't you will get to the point of burnout which which is what we were speaking about so making time for yourself you know every day whether it's a self care act or a lovely lunch whatever it is I think it's really important to be doing it all the time and I think talking to people about this kind of way of thinking is really nice it doesn't feel like lecturing people i don't want to do that i just want to share like simple recipes and be able to let people know that it is accessible um it's not a big dramatic thing no one needs to give up everything you know it's about balance isn't it it's about it's about having fun at the weekends as well and having enjoying a glass of wine and pizza with the kids or whatever it's learning more i'm doing some fun things i've got some interesting things coming up um hopefully there'll be book three on the way so yeah
0: Thanks for listening. Do head to my Substack for extra bites from Gem where you'll find some of the recipes we talk about on
1: the show. I'll see you next.